Good morning, Church on the Rock. It's great to be here this morning and uh, to be with you. And I also want to uh, tell you how much I have appreciated Pastor Brian's messages on uh, habits. I mean, it's been a great message, great opportunity for us to start some new habits, to give up some old habits, and to just see what God has for us. And also, I want to thank the uh, uh, pastoral team. I think during this time of the COVID-19 and the stay-at-home order, they have done a wonderful job in keeping the church informed and, and all the emails and the tech technology and just getting this together to be able to film uh, so that you can hear the Word of God and what, what God has for you in your life during this time. It's just great to be here. I'm excited about what God's going to do today in, in this message. This is a message that was um, birthed in my heart one morning. I woke up, and um, it just seems like the presence of God was upon me, uh, the anointing was upon me, and the Word was just inside of me, and I had to share that with someone. And I texted Pastor Brian and asked him if um, I could share some of my thoughts with him, and a little bit later he called me back, and I just began to share with him what what God was beginning to um, impress on my heart and in, in, in my mind. And he said, that sounds like a sermon that we need to get together. So here we are today. I'm here today just to deliver my heart today. I'm here to deliver what the Holy Spirit has spoke to me that day. And I believe that it is a message for the church. I believe that the church is at a crossroads not just you as the body of church, but the church as a whole, the church of Jesus Christ. We are in a time like never before. I know in my life and in my generation, um, uh, we've never had to do church this way. We've never had to do things this way. We've never had to stay at home for a length of time as this. So I believe that we have an opportunity. God is setting us up for something great and miraculous in our life. We just have to seize the moment. We have to allow God to change some habits inside of us. We need to allow God to start some habits inside of us so that we can become and be all that God wants us to be whenever they reopen the churches, when they reopen um, the community again, and we're able to go out and do what we used to do. The title of my message today is, What is Normal? What is normal? What, what is it that we consider to be normal? Because I know right now um, there's a great anticipation uh, for us to get back to normal. We just want things to be as normal. But today I want to challenge the word normal. I want us to look at the word normal in a way that maybe we've not looked at it before, a way that we've not thought about it before. I want to use the story of Moses and the children of Israel, how they were brought into Egypt and their trials and tribulations there and God's response to that. Because I believe today that the, the, the church, we are in a trial, we are in a tribulation like we've never seen before. And I believe that this story is going to be very relevant to your life today. I believe that this message today is for someone. Someone needs to hear the Word of God. Someone needs to hear this Word of God, and it's going to change your destiny forever. 
Maybe it is some habits that you need to let go or some habits that you need to start. But in this message, I believe that God's going to create a new hunger inside of you, a new desire to do something great and extraordinary for him in this extraordinary time that we are living in. If you would, turn with me to Genesis chapter 37, verse 27 and 28. This is where Joseph's brothers were a little bit jealous of him because of the love that his father had for him. And they were out, and, and Joseph went and met them, and, and they wanted to do harm to him. They wanted to kill Joseph and, and tell the father that a wild animal or a beast had attacked him and had killed him. But some of the other brothers were like, man, that's a little harsh. We don't really want to have his blood on our hands and so they came up with another idea. And in verse 27, it says, Come and let us sell him to the Israelites, and let not our hands be upon him, for he is our brother in our flesh. And his brethren were content. Then there passed by many a night's merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Israelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. That story has always fascinated me. Because what his brothers meant for harm for him, what his brothers thought they were doing to Joseph was actually setting themselves up for something in the future. It was that word, and they went to Egypt, that I want to kind of key on for just a moment. Because you yourself today may feel like you're in Egypt. You're in a, a, a foreign land. You're in a place that you've never been before. You're in a situation like we have never experienced before. And Joseph went to Egypt. He had never been there. He didn't know their customs. He didn't know their traditions. But because of God's favor upon his life, he rose up to be second to the king. Joseph's word was just as good as the king's word was. So what his brothers thought was going to be evil and harm to him, God began to turn that around for the glory of God. And not only that, it was because of that that later on when the famines came into the land and the famines hit and there was no food and, and the animals were dying and people were dying because there was a famine that Joseph's brothers came to him not knowing that it was Joseph that they were getting this food from, but he knew them. And then eventually Joseph revealed himself to them and then eventually they moved to Egypt. The children of, e of Israel is now established in Egypt. And that seems all well and good, except for the fact that a few years down the road, they would find themselves in bondage. They would find themselves in slavery. They would, uh, this thing that fascinates me the most about it is, is the fact that because of the, sustain, the sustaining of Israel's family, Joseph winds up in Egypt to provide for them, but it is the very thing 
that sets them up for bondage. And I know there's a lot of things in our life that we start with great intentions and we start with great hope. Maybe it's a job that you accept it. Maybe it's a position. Maybe it's a car that you buy. Maybe it's a, um, a camper. Maybe it's something that, that, that you buy with great anticipation and, and great joy, but it is that very thing that has now enslaved you, the house payment, the insurance, the upkeep, the utilities. The job that you thought was going to be the dream job is now the job that you dread and you hate and choices every day we make choices and it's those choices that at the time may seem great and honorable but down the road turn into slavery and bondage you might even feel today that through COVID-19 and the stay-at-home order that you are in bondage, that you are uh, enslaved to your house, you're enslaved to this uh, virus that is um, of taking over the nation. And you may have fear and you may have anxiety about that, and that's okay. Believe me, we all do, and we all feel that way. There are always things in our lives that we start out with good intentions that, if we're not careful, can turn into bad choices. Right now is a great opportunity to take a look at some of the choices that we made and some of the habits that we have and to see if they line up with God, to see if they line up with the presence of God. Number two, I want to talk a little bit about the captivity of the Israelites. Turn to Exodus chapter 1, verse 14. Exodus chapter 1, we're going to begin reading in verse 13 and 14. And the Israelites and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in bricks. And in all manner of service in the fields and all their service wherein they made them serve with rigor. The Egyptians made their lives terrible. But it was a life that they became comfortable with. I believe we'll see that a little bit later in the story, but I just want to throw that out, that it was a life that they became comfortable with. They got up in the morning, had a little coffee, went to the meal and made bricks and got straw and made mortar and worked all day long in the sun and the heat with maybe very little to eat or very little to drink and the taskmaster forever looking over their shoulders and telling them to build more and to do more and to produce more. And then they would punch the clock and they would go home and have dinner and go to bed and get up in the morning and have a cup of coffee and then go and make bricks and mortar and do the work of the Israelites. It may sound a little familiar 
to you today that your life just seems to be you get up, you go to work, you do this, you do that, you come home, you do it all again the next day. But through COVID-19, that's all changed because now we are ordered to stay at home. And that job that you used to hate, you hated to go there, you hated the work, you hated the people, you hated everything about it, now you can't wait to get back to. You can't wait to get back to that job. You can't wait to get back to that person that used to annoy you, but it's been so long now that they've annoyed you, now you just want to be back at work, back doing something. Because they were familiar with making bricks and familiar with their everyday lives, they became very comfortable with that. And I think even complacency. They didn't trust in God the way that Joseph did. They didn't trust in God the way that their forefathers did. They let that part of their life slide into the busyness and the everyday task of making bricks and making mortar. And also, I want to challenge you today because I know in this stay-at-home mortar, not able to go to church every Sunday or not able to sit in, in, in worship, in, in corporate worship, and not able to be able to express ourselves in worship, that we may become a little bit complacency in our, work, in our walk with God. In our situation right now, it's real easy for us to just be complacent where we are. But I challenge you today to not let that happen, that when we are able to come back to church, don't let the enemy try to tell you you don't need to go or it's been so long you don't need to go back to church because we're going to need you in the church and God's going to need you in the church because I believe that the church is at a point that we're going to begin to see the gospel of Jesus Christ spread. We're going to begin to see people come into the kingdom of God. We're going to begin to see lives change like we've never seen before. I was pastoring during 9-11, just shortly after 9-11. We were pastoring, and the one-year anniversary came around, and the churches were full of people because they were looking for something because their lives have been so displaced. And I believe after COVID-19, listen to me, church, because God wants to stir your heart in a way that you've never been stirred before. God wants to begin to use you in a way that you've never been used before. You've had to do some things during this time that you've never done before. You've had to, to be more creative than you've ever been. You've had to come up with things and ideas that you've never had to do, and God wants to take that same tenacity, and he wants to challenge you to be all that you can be for him because I believe it, when this opens up and people are able to come into the church that we're going to begin to see a harvest like we've never seen before. I believe what, what the enemy meant for good, God's going to turn for, or what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it around for the good. What the enemy meant to destroy, God's going to rise up and do great and mighty works for the kingdom of God, and he wants to use you. He wants to use you in a great and a mighty way. What's normal? 
you know, you may even be thinking that I can't wait to, to get back to church. I can't wait to get back to that seat that I used to sit in. I can't wait just to get back to some sort of normalcy. But I told you today I want to challenge normal because what's normal? Is that really normal that we would just go back to our old ways, to go back to the things that we used to do? I believe with all my heart today that God doesn't want us just to go back to normal. God doesn't want us just to go back and worship the way we used to worship. I don't believe God wants us to come into the church the way that we used to come into the church but he wants us to come in with a new expectation. He wants us to come in with a new normal in our heart. The way we used to worship is not going to be good enough. The way that we used to serve God is not going to be good enough because I believe right now is a season in our heart, in our life, that we need to do away with normal, and we need to look into the future and say, God, what you have for me, I'm ready to embrace. I'm ready to do what you have called called me to do because normalcy is not going to get it anymore but we're we've had to do some things that we've never had to do before and I believe just to go back to normal just to go back to way things were is not what God wants us to do when 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 the children of Israel were in the in bondage and in slavery God had a plan and a purpose for them and right now in your life God has a plan and a purpose for you there may be some pastors out there today that you know they're thinking God I just can't wait to get the church open again. I can't wait for the people to come in and just have church the way that we used to have church preach the way that I used to preach worship the same way we used to worship but I challenge the church of Jesus Christ to look forward instead of back because I believe if we just look forward today into what God wants us to do, we're going to see some great and mighty things. I believe we're going to see a harvest that is white and ready for the picking. I believe that if we only go back to what we used to do, we're going to miss what God has in store for us. We can't just go back. God's not that kind of God. He's a God that goes forward. Number three, I want to look at the way out. And this is, this is where the message starts. This is the heart of the message, right? This is what I want you to hear. I want you to hear this today. In Genesis chapter 50, let's flip over just a couple of chapters there. Genesis chapter 50, verse 24. And I believe this is what God began to, to to stir my heart with. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 24, and Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he showed to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Joseph's on his deathbed, and he's telling them, that God will surely, surely bring you out of this land. And, and I tell you today that surely God is going to bring you out of whatever you're in, 
whatever you're facing. You may be financial situations right now through COVID-19. Maybe you haven't been able to go to work, and maybe things have become very tight, and financially things have begun to, uh, uh, to just dry up. But, but let me encourage you today that, that there is a land that flows with milk and honey just on the other side of this that God wants to bring you into. They were so focused on their fear that they couldn't embrace the victory. Exodus chapter 11. Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, verse 11. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt this with us to carry us forth out of Egypt. Let's move forward just a little bit here. They've been in bondage for 400 years, slaves. Now Moses has came by the word of God, spoken to Pharaoh through many plagues that has hit Egypt. Pharaoh has agreed to let God's people go. They go into the wilderness. Now they're standing between the Red Sea and a pillar of fire. And in the midst of that, here comes the, the, the army of Pharaoh. The fire is holding off the, the army of Pharaoh. The Red Sea is on this side of them. They feel like they're trapped. They have nowhere to go. This is the end. They're, 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 I can just hear the cries and the pleas to Moses. Is this why you brought us out here? Is this why you took us out of our, 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 our comfort zone? Is this why you took us away from what was familiar to us to bring us out here in the desert because there's not enough graves in Egypt to bury us, to die in the desert, in the wilderness, to let the Egyptian army come and overtake us. And I mean, the, the, the words just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And maybe you feel like that's where you're at today. You're standing in between the pillar of fire that we call hand sanitizers and masks now and your Red Sea. And you feel trapped. You feel like you're in the middle. And something inside of you just cries out and say, I just want some normalcy. I just want to go back to the way it is or the way it was. I just want to go back to life before COVID-19. I just want to go back to the way it was then. Why? Because it was familiar and you thought it was normal. But normal's been thrown out the window because nothing is normal now. But there is a way of escape. Because as we look back at the very beginning, when Joseph's brother sold him, he went to Egypt. In Egypt, they were provided for, but they were also enslaved. And then because of God's mercy, in verse 14, it says, The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. 
says the Lord will fight for you. I tell you right now, like never before, God is fighting for you. You just hang on a little while longer. You just hang on a little while longer because even though you may wish you could go back to normal, God's got something greater on the other side of the Red Sea for you. He's got a land that flows with milk and honey for you if you only hang on just a little bit longer. I tell you what, the sea inside of you is fixing to open up. And just as Moses stood in front of the Red Sea and he raised up his staff and he said, Be still and see the salvation of the Lord today. I tell you today, I stand before you and I say, be still and see the salvation of the Lord today because your Red Sea is fixing to open up. Your way of escape is fixing to come into your life. Your deliverance, whatever you need, is fixing to come into your life. If we just stand up and be strong and put our faith and our trust in God because when he called them out of Egypt and he brought them into the wilderness, they became instantly reliant on God. They wasn't reliant on the old ways. They wasn't reliant on the food that they may have had in the pantry. They wasn't reliant on the things that they might have had in the field, the cattle and the sheep. They became reliant on God. And I believe like never before in our lives, we have had to become reliant on God. Through this COVID-19 and the stay-at-home order, we have had to trust God like never before. And I say just tie a not in it and hang on because there's a miracle that's coming your way. There's a Red Sea splitting that's going to come into your life that's going to transform you like never before. I believe that we don't need to look back for normal, but we need to begin to ask God, what is it that you want me to be? Who is it that you want me to be? What is it that you want us as a church of Jesus Christ to be? Because we have an opportunity to hit restart. We have an opportunity to start over and to do things right and I believe as the Israelites as Moses stood there and the Red Sea began to split I'm sure that their eyes got that big around their mind couldn't believe what was going on but what was happening was the salvation of God was taking over and was transforming them and bringing them into a place that uh, that flowed with milk and honey and today Jesus Christ wants to take you through the Red Sea he wants you to walk through your ground untouched and unscathed. Whatever you're going through, is it worth? Whatever you're going through, it's worth the cost. It's worth the cost. Are you going to let what you don't know be greater than the God that you do know? Oh, we don't all know what this situation, what it all is, but what I do know is that God's got a way. God's got a way for you. God's got a way for you in your life. He's not forgotten you. He didn't forget the Israelites and their bondage and their slavery. And I tell you today that he has not forgotten you. He's got you right in the palm of your hand. All we have to do is trust in him. Say, God, here am I. I'm ready. God is always a moving forward God. This COVID-19 didn't take God by surprise. But he's a moving forward kind of God. He doesn't want us just to go back to what we used to know. He wants us to move forward into a land that flows with milk and honey. It's going to take some trust. It's 
going to take some pastors to stand up and say, God, I trust you. I trust you in your way. They had to trust God for every meal, for drink, for water, whatever they needed, they had to trust God for. But let me tell you today, God never failed them. God never let them down. He's not going to let you down today either. God's never going to fail you. You may feel alone at times. You may feel like there's no way out or there's no escape. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you are a forward-moving God, and you want us to move forward in you. God, I thank you, Lord, that during this time we have an opportunity to search our hearts and to search our lives and make some changes, make some habits, make some good habits, some good choices, God. And, Lord, I know that you, you're not going to fail us. You're not going to leave us, and you're not going to forsake us. But you're going to be with us to the end. Amen. I'm going to continue to go. If you're watching this today and you may say, it's been a while that I've prayed. Maybe it's been a while that I have communicated with Jesus. Maybe you've never communicated with Jesus. Maybe you're thinking, you know, that's exactly what I need in my life. I need someone to help me. I need someone to see me through. His name is Jesus Christ. All you have to do is call upon him and ask him to forgive you, and he'll do just that. If you feel God leading you in this prayer this morning, I want you to pray. Pray after me. Say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I confess you as Lord and Savior. Come and live inside of me. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer today, you're saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Today you are a child of God. Seek God. Seek His Word. And I promise you, He'll never fail you. Amen.